1: Ah! <laughs> movie night, we watched a movie in which someone fights a giant monster in a yellow machine. No, we didn't watch Aliens. We also (laughs) watched a movie in which there's lots of POV shots of people getting attacked. No, we didn't watch Tremors. We also (laughs) watched a movie in which a hacker saves the day. No! Not Terminator 2. There were dinosaurs. Again, not Jurassic Park. (laughs) We watched a film that brilliantly meshes all of these films with a little dash of, of Dawn of the Dead kind of in there, mm, yeah. uh, a, a film called Carnosaur 2, arguably the best of the Carnosaur trilogy, which uh, is basically like having the largest shit in the toilet bowl. So <laughs> we are joined once again by a good friend of the show, Brian Berger. Uh, this one was picked by me, and I'm sorry, boys. There, <laughs> I have a note somewhere in here where like midway through, it's like, I... Have no clue why I was like adamant that we this had to talk a, about Carnosaur yeah. 2. Yeah, this has
0: been on the list for quite a while. <laughs> like,
1: I think I watched it like maybe two years ago. I was like, wow, this movie's like so many different movies. We could probably get a good episode out of it. And oh,
0: I have no doubt that we're going to get a good episode out of it. It was like torture. Yeah, is this the yeah, closest this, is, this podcast
2: um... will ever be to reviewing Aliens?
0: Yeah, yes. Uh, yes. <laughs> Are you saying that we're not going to just review Aliens and pretend we're talking about Carnosaur too? Jesus, like this, this was. You're missing the best part of this movie, Matt. The best part of this movie is when the black stereotype punches a raptor in the fucking <laughs> um. All right, so let's let's dive into this movie. So Carnosaur
1: two, luckily for everybody, does not follow immediately Carnosaur one. So you can (laughs) that was my first note. You can just
0: (laughs) like I hope I don't have to understand anything from the first. Nope, you
1: can just enjoy this for the for the masterpiece it is. Um, I think Carnosaur one, if I recall, is about a scientist who makes it so that women can give birth to dinosaurs. What?
2: (laughs) Oh yeah, yeah. You guys haven't
1: you guys haven't done that movie yet? No, we dove right into part two. (laughs)
2: But- oh, wow. Okay, so um, yeah, in the first movie, it's a disease, it's a virus that'll spread, that'll have women give birth to dinosaurs that are evolved from chickens or something like yes, that. Yes, that's what? right. Yeah they, yeah, they
1: fucking. Why aren't we watching that movie? I mean, I can put it. Yeah, on you a- get to see women. <laughs> no, you get to no, see no, women right. give birth to dinosaurs. Yeah, so, it's, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's
0: that, that's definitely my fetish.
1: But but here's the problem with Carnosaur One versus Carnosaur Two, as I remember it. Carnosaur 1 is slower than Carnosaur 2 and also and this is going to sound unbelievable the dinosaurs are even shottier than they are in Carnosaur 2. Like this is kind of the best the dinosaurs have ever looked in this
0: franchise. Yeah, well they they look pretty terrible, but they do the good thing where they just have close-ups of the teeth a lot. Yeah. And that's why they also have the like the 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 POV shot of animals kill or of the monsters killing people. Just this movie is so low budget and very low effort. Like, it's just, it's entertaining in its shittiness. And I feel like they knew what they were making. Maybe I'm crazy I mean, it's here. Roger but Roger
1: Corman. I kind of feel like he always knew what
0: he was making. He oh, was... yeah, Roger yeah. Corman always knows he's making pieces <laughs> of shit. Wait, did he make the first one, too?
1: Yeah, yeah, he made the whole franchise. Okay, because
0: that makes a lot more sense why he would make something about women giving birth to fucking <laughs> dinosaurs. Like, Brian, I'm so glad that you're on to give us that little tidbit, because otherwise I'd be so confused as to whether or not this movie was terrible, but really, in context, it's a masterpiece. Yeah. It's, it's a so step this, up, yeah.
1: Yeah, so this movie literally just kicks off with all of the foreshadowing. <laughs> the opening scene is the character Jesse just getting a foreshadowing tour. <laughs> like, yeah, here's... oh
0: my God. Yeah, here's the dynamite. Here's, here's, the, uh, here's the lower machine. level... Yeah. Here's the machine. Yeah, yeah. What's my note from that fucking... It's like that scene in Wayne's World
1: where, like, they talk to Chris Farley and then afterwards he's like, man, that was a lot of information from a security guard. I hope that doesn't <laughs> play into something later. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. The very beginning is that they the the hacker kid, Hacker Man, and his stupid friend who gets murdered or doesn't show up ever again, like, I can't remember, but he they they hack in... With one of those old school key cards that are connected to like the flat wide, they're basically hacking the world.
1: They're gonna they're gonna yes. try to get
0: into the Gibson. Charlie <laughs> <Yes, Right? Angela laughs> Miller is, is going to fight and try and win over Angelina Jolie. This,
1: this movie is every it's like all of the. This is the we've said this a lot before, but as far as cliches go, this is the most '90s film we've ever seen. It tackles oh. every bad '90s cliche.
0: It's up there. possible. I, it, I would not give it the trophy, but I would definitely put it on the pedestal. So they get it's in on the there. nominees
1: list. <laughs> yes,
0: yeah. Um, so they get in there, and the the hacker kid is like, "Check this out." He opens up this crate of very obvious dynamite, and his buddy is like, "Wow, what is that?
2: Are, are you fucking?" <laughs> it's serious? cartoon
0: dynamite. Yeah. It yeah is like-, like, have you never watched Wile
2: E. Coyote? It might have had TNT printed on it, I can't recall, but
1: <laughs> just a drawing of the roadrunner next to it. Yeah. So an unknown force, the Carnosaur, attacks and kills everybody except for Jesse. Um, leaving him in a catatonic state that he like comes out of and is just super chatty. Like
0: Yeah, yeah. He's not he's not really in much trouble from what he's doing. Um yeah. or he, he's not from what he experienced.
1: But, but this is where the movie, and I think this was made before this movie, which makes it even more confusing. But this movie pretty much turns into Deep Rising for a little bit. Like, mm. it's just like this... Oh, yeah, it does. Like, it's just this wacky band of technicians and the scientists that hired them to, like... I think, it was a trope. Investigate.
0: <laughs> I think it was definitely a trope before this movie. And it definitely was a very tongue in cheek trope in deep rising, which is a really entertaining piece of crap that we should probably talk about sometime in the future. It's barely, horror, I but it's love deep rising. Just so you- I've, right, I've been
1: on, I've been on the heart or, uh, I I'm on the horror movie night podcast. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I've been on, uh, I believe I was on greatest movie ever to discuss deep rising. Yeah. It yeah. is a, it's a good one. It's, I would, I would talk about it again. It's, it's one of those movies that never holds up to my nostalgia
0: memory of it. Oh, no.
1: But it's still fun, but it's
0: never as fun as I convince myself it is every single time. Yeah, no, I think the concept way far outweighs the actual execution.
2: Yeah, this movie literally borrows everything. There's not an unborrowed piece of anything. Do you think that um, Sam Raimi even, made this movie? <laughs> <laughs> even the sound of the dinosaur, they're like, eh, let's take a little bit of Predator... Uh, some of those raptors and a little bit of Free Willy. Just put all that in <laughs> so, there, and
0: that is literally so the this movie came out before Jurassic Park, though, right? No,
2: so no, no, no.
1: So can we talk about? So can we talk about one of the best? Uh, well, one of the best lines from one of the best characters in the movie. There's two really great characters in this movie, and it's Token Black guy who's very short lived, <laughs> yep. and then there's like the cliched grizzled tough guy who has that scene where he walks and he goes. Tell me that's not blood. Tell, tell me that's blood. That's blood. Like he's just like so grizzled. He's so badass. He's like that. Like that. Like he's the character that like the twelve year old wrote for the scripts. Like he's just like he's got long hair and he's got a raspy voice and nothing freaks him out too much except for blood.
0: Uh- <laughs> hey, man. Uh, hemophobia is a real deal yes. is, is nothing to joke about. I mean,
1: literally it's just a team of cliches
0: yeah. that is like yeah. walking
1: into this building.
2: The funny thing is they're not even warriors. Like they set them up like they're <laughs> a gorilla team of badasses, but they're all scientists. They're just, no, they're just fucking electricians. Yeah. Or electricians. Yeah. <laughs> Glorified electricians is what they are. Yeah,
1: um, yeah. So, so they find Jesse in his catatonic state and, uh, this is where uh, another great line, same guy. There's blood. There's blood everywhere. What gives, McQuaid? Like he really stretches out the McQuaid. Give them enough. <laughs> McQuaid is awesome. McQuaid's the best villain. He is a better villain than any dinosaur
0: in this movie. So what? What? Um, what movie is he the dad in? <laughs>
1: Probably. I don't know. We'll find Everything out.
0: Everything he does. Is he? He's not.
1: He's not the next door neighbor from Honey I Shrunk the Kids, right?
0: No no, 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 no. That's no. that's uh, Matt Frewer. Oh, that's yeah. Right. That's Ronald
2: McDonald. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he played Ronald McDonald for a stint.
0: So Wait, Matt Frewer? Yeah, I think so. Oh, oh,
1: uh, that I, sounds like bullshit. Psh, I know why you know this. I could be lying. I don't know. <laughs>
2: Holy shit! That's who this
1: is. Oh my god. Okay, so McQuade is actually played by like a guy who pops in to into so many movies, and I love him for all of them. His name is uh, Cliff D. Young, but some of the films that you might remember him from, uh, he played Brad Majors in Shock Treatment, the unofficial sequel to, to Rocky Horror Picture Show. That was like his nope. huge, huge break. But as I'm scrolling through this IMDb, uh, he was in the movie FX. He was in Flight of the Navigator. Where's the? There's a big one in the '90s, but I'm trying to build to it. Uh, he played. Yeah,
0: that's the one that. Um,
1: oh, you'll. When I say it, you're gonna. He was in a, a little film. Uh, well he was in Dr. Giggles <laughs> He was the oh, dad man. in Dr. Giggles But he was also Ah uh, yes He was also in The Craft
0: He's the dad in The Craft Yes <laughs> Oh Because he Because Robin Tunney um, She the, the guy's like Here I brought you this snake And she's like Ah ah And the dad like scares him off he's like are you all right honey and she's like yeah and then she sees the snake and he's like ah oh, fuck and he like smashes the snake with his like fire poker and that's exactly what i've been trying to remember since i watched Carnus <laughs> yeah
1: he uh he's he's in that and then he is probably the least famous person in a fairly decent movie called suicide kings uh, starring christopher walken and jay moore Um, but yeah, so he's, he's pretty dope continuing just like the nonstop cliches that this movie is, of course, the black guy and the woman are the first two people killed because, Oh yeah.
0: (laughs) Hey, but, but you're missing one of the best lines from the very first five minutes. All right. When, um, so the guy goes, so the guy with the cowboy hat gets eaten by a carnosaur because there are a number of carnosaurs in this movie um, that we will get to because it's, it's set up like, there's only one raptor that's just kind of like stalking and killing people. But no, there are like 15 of them. Uh, but the the, the one carnivore eats the dude and then this foreman or something walks down to the lower level and finds his hat and then walks away. And he's like, where's Waller? And then one of the guys in the control room is like, Waller, that loser, he's probably jerking off. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why, but like it's my favorite, second favorite line of the movie. Uh, the other favorite line is that I feel like it's right when we get the electrician, like the 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 electrician group is in the now barren, is it Yucca Mountain or whatever yeah. facility? And this one guy, and I want to say it's a black dude, but it might be the grizzled old dude, goes, "Well, why me, dine me, sixty nine me." <laughs> man i fucking love that line this
2: government facility makes no sense it's like they ran out of money and started with the first floor and ran out of money as they went down into the ground so like floor level one is basically starship enterprise floor number two is like a submarine and then it basically turns into Freddy's boiler room the further down you go which also makes no sense because up top there are futuristic sliding doors and then down below there there are pressure sensitive submarine doors. But then when they get to the level where the guys are like, "You can't go down there. That's top secret." It's just a stairwell, an open stairwell. And they're just like, "Okay." Yeah, see I, think, I think
0: the dynamite room has literally like a wooden door, doesn't it? Or does it doesn't have a sliding door. I can't remember. But I just thought I remembered it being like super janky when they go into this room that's supposed to be like, oh, I could blow this whole mountain sky high." Uh, yeah, it's just a tiny little door. So,
1: can we talk about the the woman, the the death of the woman in the helicopter leads to such a fantastic (laughs) helicopter crash.
0: Uh, Fantastically shitty. Oh,
1: it is just a (laughs) toy helicopter being thrown to the ground.
0: Yeah, yeah. And then, like, they had to splice in an explosion that doesn't even look like... A legit explosion i i loved it because it was so shitty but i mean I, I, we need to we need to admit that it looks like shit oh
1: yeah no this is like 1950s sci-fi helicopter crash oh yeah and then mcquade tries to explain like where the carnivores came from and i feel like he would have saved a ton of time if he just said like have any of you ever read jurassic park
0: <laughs> because... actually i feel like this <laughs> uh, so i read the um I read the wiki for this, and it was originally based. And I don't know if the entire series is, or just this one, but it um, it deviates quite heavily from the source material. But there was a book from 1984 that it's based on. And now I don't remember when Jurassic Park was written, but we're getting into some serious like close calls with Michael Crichton versus dude that wrote the m- book that they very loosely based the script of Carnosaur two on. I feel
1: like I feel like the situation is probably that there was a book called Jurassic Park that uh, Michael Crichton wrote in 1990, and it got optioned for a movie, and then Roger Corman was just like, "Find me another dinosaur book." and They found some nobody's book from like 1984. And we're like, okay, cool. No one knows who this guy is. We can just buy it for about 10 cents and make our own movie.
2: I got a little fan theory I want to throw out. I'm almost certain there's a subplot that got put on the cutting room floor. So in one of the first scenes, we see a guy at a computer and he has like an iguana walking on it.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Right. I think the only way these dinosaurs make sense is if they have some kind of camouflage Technology, like they have some kind of camouflage ability, like they're descendant of some lizard that can camo itself. Because these things literally appear out of nowhere. Like the lady that climbs in the helicopter, it's sitting in the back seat. She has to crawl over its legs in order to get past it. And then, <laughs> and then later on, when a Man is sitting at the Star Trek Enterprise computer, it's literally in front of him, and he's just like, "Oh, what, what the crap?" Like it just—it's all of a sudden there. So there has to be a cutting room floor thing where these things can turn invisible or something. I
0: think you're giving this. Um, I mean, they do sound like predator. Yeah. But here's the thing that I think you're forgetting. I doubt they had enough money to have a subplot that they filmed that they they did not then use. Like this is a Roger Corman flick. Right. So they're like, we'll do it in post. And then they ran
2: out of money. So they couldn't do it in post anymore. So they just cut it away. So,
1: Jesse, using his sweet hacking skills, is able to Hack-a-man. pretty much just—he help. helps him escape and all that stuff. And that's when we get introduced to the big bad uh, dinosaur, uh, who fulfills yes. his name by being big and looking like shit. So, <laughs> it's—it's like, it's pretty bad. Like this is this is definitely the worst of the dinosaurs, and that is. Not saying much, but wow. Like, it, this thing looks immobile. It looks like the final creature from Guyver. Like, it's that, like, just very solid, can't move very well. They've bit off more than they could chew in the budgeting costs on building them. For real. But it leads to a sweet-ass head ripoff.
0: Yeah, that's what I was going to say is... Okay, so this movie does not have a lot going for it. I'm going to be brutally honest here. But the two things that has absolutely going for it is when the second woman dies because she gets her arm just slowly ripped off like Laffy Taffy. It's literally like there's sinew and it's hilarious. And then she's not dead. And so then the raptor has to eat her, her stomach contents next. That's really awesome. And then... We have the part where um, the uh, guy who is like an EMS or something. I don't know what. He's wearing a bright orange suit. Gets his head ripped off. And then by the the T-Rex-ish carnosaur. And then that one like – flops his body around very it's it's like um are you
1: talking about when it picks up so so when are you talking about after it rips the dude's head he off the
0: guy it, it does and then picks him
1: up yeah it looks like a hen puppet just waving a doll around in its in its hands yeah, like yeah it's yeah it's it's so dumb it's a reference to the thing yeah, it's so dumb and yet so you know like that effective. part i'm talking yes, about. yes i know exactly what. yes okay. god this is it looks like straight out of Land of the Lost. Like you've ever Land of the Lost. <laughs> <laughs> like, ah, yeah. Yep. Yep. Oh my God, it's so bad. And then just and you pick yeah. it. And then they just like, oh man, between this and Hard Rock Zombies, I am like fucking striking out in the month of November <laughs> or in the month of February. I am. This is not good. Um, the the ending of this movie they could have saved money and just played the
0: ending of Aliens. <laughs> like. Or the ending of Jurassic like, Park, because at the very end, he's like, you're going to be all right, kid. <laughs> I was surprised he didn't like put his hand on the kid's thigh at the end, because it felt <laughs> real like uncomfortable in general that he wasn't just kind of oddly obsessed with his child. I understand that he saw his dead child in it somehow. We can't leave the kid! Yeah. Uh, that. So Jesse, I keep forgetting his name's Jesse, because he's literally never referred to by his actual name by the the hero electrician he's just like come on kid or you gotta save the kid it's always kid like he doesn't even remember the kid's name oh but they thought they were super super clever and topical when the actual zinger of this movie is eat this barney (laughs) Oh.
1: that dinosaur fall, also fantastic. It's <laughs> <laughs> hilarious.
0: Like, I don't think that they were aiming for laughs with this movie, but they sure got them so, from me. So, I don't
1: know how many of you had the same scenario as I did, but I was, like, kind of sleepy while watching the movie, and uh, it ended, and I didn't have really the energy at the time to, like, get up and shut off the movie. And... The credits run for 35 seconds past when the closing credits music is over. So it's like the music's over and then it's just credits rolling in total silence for like 30 (laughs) seconds. It's like this is so uncomfortable. I've never realized how uncomfortable it is to just stare at credits with no noise whatsoever.
0: They couldn't. They couldn't just play Flight of the Valkyrie a fourth <laughs> oh, Jesus time. Christ. This movie. This, how?
1: Like, I thought that I had a decent list of like, oh, these are all the movies that ripped off. And it's like, no, I only have five, and it's easily like ten to fifteen movies.
0: Yeah, we just keep finding more to yeah. make fun of it. Over. Because that's like
1: they just do like what is Apocalypse Now with the the Flight of the Valkyries flying yeah. in. Like Jesus.
0: Also, they're playing like rock paper scissor over and over and over in oh, the my. helicopter at the beginning, just so that I think it's the black dude could do a rock paper scissor and then flick off the pilot no no mcquade
1: mcquade
0: they don't like being <laughs> bossed around by this McQuaid, <laughs> give them air uh, i don't know if that came through in the audio earlier on but you're gonna have to pick and choose one of the two times i made that shitty joke they
1: are they are st- both are staying it's that gold then if it's in there twice,
0: it can become a shirt one day. Um. <laughs> that's, all, that's all it fucking takes for us to do shirts. Did, did, did Scott say it twice? It's a shirt. <laughs>
1: for the shit ton of notes that I have, we kind of steamrolled through most of it. Is there anything that you yeah, guys have written here? Yeah, most of are
0: or- so unnecessary. Uh, I want to talk about the fact that the writers of this had to be 12 because they have no fucking clue how nukes work. Because they're talking about... <laughs> There are 12 active nuclear warheads beneath our feet right now. It could level this whole state. Uh, no, actually, that's not how fucking nukes work. Because I think that the, the writers of this were so... Well, this might have been pre-internet. You know, it's the early, early 90s when they were writing the screenplay. And they probably didn't want to crack open a fucking encyclopedia to, to do any actual research. So... And they knew that nobody else would who was watching it. But the way the nukes work is that when it's on a warhead, it has to go through staging, and then it only is a big explosion if it's a sub, like if it's an air level explosion. And most of what it does is it's gotta, it, it's gotta be in the air to explode. Like if if a, if a dirty bomb, if there are twelve nukes that were to be exploded by smart dinos, because we're talking about these dinosaurs like they're setting up a booby trap in the bottom of this facility. Like, literally, that's how they're talking about these 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 dinos. Because also, the dinos are closing off the ways out and things like that. Like, they, they, that's that's a subplot that got left on the cutting room floor, too. But Oh, deep blue sea, then. Yeah. Jesus Christ, there we go. Then they... So, okay, the dinos are smart enough to know what a nuke does, and so they're going to string these nukes together and try and have them all explode. But that doesn't make any sense because... All it would do is a, it would be 12 dirty bomb nukes in the, the bottom of a, of a huge facility that is probably a mile underground. Yeah, you'd contaminate any nearby water supplies and it would be a gross explosion and you'd have all sorts of radioactive glass. But it's not like the fallout would go. It wouldn't hit the wind at all. Like, it's just so stupid. So then at the very end, they do have an explosion. And they're flying away and the the helicopter gets jostled a bunch and then it's safe. And then the guy puts his hand on the, the teenager's thigh and like squeezes it four times. And it's like, it's going to be all right, kid. <laughs> uh, but they don't have like radiation poisoning now. Uh, you got to have a little internal logic here, movie writers.
1: Yeah, just a bit, just a tad, <laughs> just enough to, to get us by. Uh,
0: I want to point out the fact that I have a note. At the 62-minute mark. And I'm like, there's no way they have another 20 minutes of this movie. <laughs> 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 like They could have done a 65-minute movie and then done the the Chucky Band where they have long intro and outro credits and play F- Flight of the Valkyrie a couple more times. Because for such a famous song, it must be public domain because I'm sure they paid nothing to have it in this movie. Because it was that and some shitty orchestral synth soundtrack it's all that the sound design was in this movie they didn't spend any money on it
1: yeah no i mean i don't think uh i don't think roger corman was ever spending much money on anything that wasn't really anything period he was never spending much money on anything sentence over no (laughs) yeah
0: yeah. (laughs) so I, i last thing about the 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 time markers here is that that dino decapitation is at 70 minutes. So literally eight minutes later, later when I'm like, I don't know how they're going to keep this up for another 20 minutes. Yeah. But they have a dino decapitation and then there's another 10 minutes of this movie?
1: Uh, that's called art, Scott. <laughs> 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 not sure if you're aware of the term, <laughs> but...
0: <laughs> I'm learning.
1: Hey guys, we just want to take a quick break in the middle of the episode to remind you that Scott and I... Yeah, I'm here. ...are going to be at Monster Mania this year. Uh, Once again, it's going to be on March 9th through the 11th. If you're in the area, please come by, swing by, say hi. We're going to be having some pizza party with anybody who listens to the show on Friday night. It should be fun. And then Saturday, it's the big moment. It's the big event, perhaps. Uh, We'll be doing two live episodes. Scott, what movies are we going to be talking about?
0: Hellraiser 3, Hell on Earth, and Nightmare on Elm Street 3, The Dream Warriors!
1: Oh man, it's going to be a three-evening with Horror Movie Night, and we're going to be having it at a place called The Big Event. There's bowling, there's video games, there's pool. I think I heard that there's laser tag, but when I did the tour, I didn't see it, so I don't know. The website might be lying. (laughs) Regardless, come check it out. It's going to be a free event. Get drunk, get bowling, watch us do our live show. There'll be some guest appearances from some fan favorites. Now back to the episode. All right, so what did you guys watch this week? Get ready to strap yourself into the crazy chair, because I witness something that that needs to be talked about. Uh so <laughs> oh oh have you is this uh, when you have become yeah, a yeah. Uh,
0: a disciple of Tom okay. DeLonge?
1: So every once in a while I'll go and check out a fathom event movie because, you know, they're one night only and like if it grabs my interest maybe. So I saw a thing that just said alien intrusion and I was like, "Ooh, I like aliens." <laughs> so my thought process was On, like, the best-case scenario, this is just, like, a a feature-length, like, cheesy history channel, discovery channel, like, bullshit alien documentary. And on, like, the worst-case scenario, it's so bad that it turns into a really good story to tell everybody. So, uh, luckily for everybody listening, it's the second one. Um, So, Alien Intrusion kicks off with an introduction. Or, actually, I should state that the theater, uh, as I got there, was me and about seven elderly women.
0: Um, so, <laughs> was it, did you say it was a Bible study I'm pretty study sure group? it was a
1: Bible study group And my reasoning for that will oh, get uh, more knowledgeable in a second So I sit down and the movie literally starts off With an introduction from the uh, producer of the film The head of Creation Ministries International And they play a little <laughs> They play a little short film of their upcoming film About how evolution is strictly science fiction And creationism is... Like, they have all of the evidence to prove that creationism is the only logical way that life came to this planet. Um, And I'm like, oh boy, I'm I'm ready for this. So, the movie starts. And at first, I'm like, this is actually really interesting. Because they're talking about, like hey like you know it's great to think that aliens exist but like if we look at things from this scientific level like it kind of doesn't work out because like the distance between solar systems would take x amount of years and even if they built something that could travel quickly enough that they could visit earth in our lifetime like the you know everything in space is so like you know like the tiniest little piece of debris if you're going too fast could cause like almost like a nuclear explosion so like it's it's still possible but it's very improbable like and i was like okay i've never really heard that argument but that kind of makes sense to me that story checks out and they start interviewing the people who've been abducted by aliens and it's like nothing is really <laughs> special just yet they're just telling their stories and then they get to this one guy and he says they had me on the table and they were about to probe me and i screamed jesus help me and I dropped onto my bed perfectly safe. And as soon as he says that, I hear one of the women go, mm hmm, yeah, he did. <laughs> and I'm just like, <laughs> and it begins to like talk to these guys who have been researching aliens. And they're like, yep, we're figuring out that these aliens aren't really aliens, but they're demonic. De- they're demons from another dimension that have been sent to test Christians who haven't been faithful enough. But if you like reproclaim yourself to Christ, you're gonna oh be totally God. fine. And it's just like interviewing all these other people who had already talked previously, and they're like, you know, once they told me about that and I started reading my Bible, I was never abducted by aliens again. And like <laughs> it's <just laughs> like, and I'm just sitting there like, all right, I'm convinced. You got me. Like <laughs> story checks out. The science, perfect. So I, I think that's what it comes down to, guys, is I can't do this show anymore because it's it's heathenistic it really is putting me at risk of being abducted by alias so
2: <laughs> did the movie ever go into the butt well, stuff sad to see it go.
1: <laughs> did it ever go
2: into? did it yeah, i mean lightly... it makes sense if they're demons yeah sure why not <laughs> they lightly
1: they lightly touched know. on the butt yeah. stuff but they didn't dive too deep into the butt stuff
0: oh <laughs> oh man i hate it when they don't dive deep into my butt stuff
1: but that's it for me. I'm not going to do... It. Wow. I feel like that's more than enough for what did I watch this week.
0: Yeah, that's pretty impressive, yeah. Matt. Good job. Thanks for uh, taking the taking the fucking... Uh, Hit for the team that no one asked me to. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, so I want to talk about a really good TV show and a really shitty movie. Start with a TV show. Uh, Ash vs. Evil Dead Season 1. I finished it. We talked about it last yep. week with your brother. Um It was a great, great season. I loved it. Um, And I did not realize that Lucy Lawless was in it. And let me just say, she looks good. Because she's actually like fully nude in one scene. And I was like, man, she stayed in shape. (laughs) Like, she looks great. Very impressed. Because she has to be 50. I don't know what her age. Or maybe she's in her late 40s. But, I mean, she looks great. So, anyway, um, I loved it. And... Season 2 is on Netflix and it just cuz I was really disappointed at the end of season 1 cuz I was like fuck I'm going to have to find some way illegally to watch season 2 because I'm hooked now. No, season 2 started playing immediately after the uh 10th episode of season 1, so I was I was uh happy clam as they say um or maybe they don't say that, I don't know. But anyway, so that love the show and I'll, I've been watching it before bed while Megan reads and um, I just I'll, I'll laugh she's like are you enjoying yourself and I say oh yeah this show's great because it really feels like not not 100% of the time but I'd say the majority of the time it really feels like Evil Dead 2 because also you know Evil Dead is not canon Evil Dead 2 is canon and, Evil, and Army of Darkness is kind of canon but they don't really go into it very much at least not in season 1 so um,
1: yeah, I feel like he like briefly mentions it offhand, like once in like an early episode, and that's kind of the end of it. Yeah, as far I, as like any references to to the Army of Darkness stuff.
0: Yeah, I feel like they there might be a reason for that, but I don't know what it is yet. Um, really good stuff, though. I love the show.
1: I feel like it might be different. I think it might be different production companies own different Evil Dead movies. Oh, okay, like
0: that. yeah, that makes sense. It's also weird though because in the theater in like the cinematic canon Evil Dead 2 Army of Darkness and Evil Dead 2013 or whenever that other one came out those are all canon because Ash shows up at the end of it but they true. don't really talk about the Evil Dead remake and they haven't talked about Army of Darkness that I can really glean but they they, they there is a page in the Necronomicon where they show ash like standing on top of a portal holding his chainsaw hand up which seems to me to imply that army of darkness is canon because that's kind of the the the, the iconic shot from that is like the the cover you know anyway a uh, really great show I, i'm really stoked to watch season two it's really entertaining and i love the gore i was talking to mario my buddy who was on the um the live stream during the summer About it, And he was like, you know, my favorite thing about that show is, is that every single episode, somebody gets like douched with blood on their face, like in their mouth, on their face. It's a very Sam Raimi trope. And it's it literally is every single episode. Somebody gets like slimed. It's great. So the really great thing that I wanted to talk about and the really shitty thing I wanted to talk about is Jungle to Jungle (laughs) starring Tim Allen. Oh, the Tim (laughs) Allen classic starring Sam Huntington, (laughs) man. It is. It is bad. Megan put it on when she wasn't. Doing I haven't well. seen
1: that since I was a child. Yeah, um, so I'm assuming does no, not hold it,
0: up. It's so bad. And, and Lily Sobieski is in it. Um and it's it's just so obnoxious. And Tim Allen is such a weirdo in it. He makes jokes about having a big dick. Like it's a Disney movie where he's talking about <laughs> having a big dick and then because he goes – so the, the, the whole premise of the movie is that his ex-wife or his estranged wife ran away 10 years, 12 years ago, something, and um, he goes to finalize the, the – because this makes sense. He, he goes to this remote part of Central America where she is a, a an anthropologist or something. I don't know. Uh She's living in a remote village, and then he meets this son because she left when she was pregnant, when she found out she was pregnant with this kid. So then he brings him back to his jungle. So from one jungle to the concrete jungle. Yes, New York City. But they have a naming ceremony when they named Tim Allen's character, and he's like, can I be basically named, like, Big Dick Guy? And they're like, no, that guy already has that name, and it's a guy who's got four wives. And I was like, that's not (laughs) how Big Dicks work at all. At all. Like, maybe guy who does really good tongue stuff but not big dick guy so yeah that's that's my hot take on jungle to jungle it's a piece of shit don't watch it
1: i randomly just decided to quickly look at the trivia for jungle to jungle and the only one that's of any note is a day's worth of film was lost uh it's believed that it was left in a taxi cab
0: (laughs) and no no one is any worse for wear
1: yeah, so somewhere there's a cabbie who's seen some extra scenes from jungle to jungle.
2: Cool.
1: All right, Berger, take us home. What what do you got for us to watch?
2: Okay, so has anybody seen the Netflix movie Bright yet? Scott loved it. Hell this. yeah, man. Okay, I don't know if you've talked about it before. So I do not understand why this movie is getting so much critical hate. It doesn't make much of any sense. Matt, I think explain it's because it
1: Max Landis is a douchebag, so there's kind of this like, internal revolt against Max Landis as a person more than the movie
0: itself Uh because it's really really entertaining
2: yeah it is um super enjoyable i maybe had three complaints the entire movie um they've already announced a sequel looking forward to it um highly recommend don't buy into the hype of how bad it is it uh yeah i don't know i i couldn't believe how better it was than it was portrayed so um yeah Bright, and then as I'd mentioned on a previous podcast, I have been watching all of the Night okay. of the movies. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I
0: thought you were going to bring back in the Ant Farm Dickhole.
2: <laughs> <You're> like- <laughs> nah, I might save it for the next one. <laughs> <laughs> so I kind of went out of the Night of a little bit and dipped in my toes into a couple Day of thes, and I uh, watched Day of the Triffids. Have you guys? Yes, I knew.
0: I, I must be psychic. I knew you were going to say that. Really,
2: really. Um, apparently, there's multiple versions of this. There's even a couple BBC miniseries. I'm not sure which one I watch, but I thought it's pretty good. It had a lot of interesting ideas. Um, long story short, there's a guy who suffers eye trauma, and um, he has to keep his eyes in bandage in bandages. And the day after he gets his bandages, or the day before he gets his bandages taken off, there's going to be this comet that flies over the earth. And it's going to be like this big spectacular sight to see. So he's a little pissed off. He won't actually get to see it. So the next day he wakes up and there's no doctors, no nurses. He can't figure it out. Um, He takes off his bandages and it turns out everyone who looked at the comet is now blind. So the entire world's essentially wandering around blind and he's, he's like the only one who can see. And then there's another subplot
0: about these killer plants, (laughs) which I thought that was the main plot. That's what's freaking me out right here. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So two big parts of it are, and I guess different versions do it differently. But when the comet flew over earth, it dropped seeds on the planet. And apparently this was all designed by an alien race. So it blinds the entire human race. And then these seeds grow into killer plants. Um, that now their prey is just wandering around blind. So now the killer plants can kill everyone, basically. Um, so yeah, that's that's basically... I don't know. It's kind of cool. It's pulpy. Uh, I, I recommend it. Like I said, there's multiple versions of it. Apparently, it's a pretty big British property. So uh, yeah, Day of the Triffids. All right.
1: Well, that was Carnosaur 2 from 1995, as picked by me, because I'm a dumb son of a bitch. But next (laughs) week, we're going to be talking about a movie that Scott picked, because he's a dumb son of a bitch. (laughs) Brian, would you like to join us for Scott's movie?
2: Sure thing.
1: All right. I'm sorry that you have to suffer to two movies in a row like this, but we will be back... Next week with a new episode of Horror Movie Night, don't forget to check out our website at hmmpodcast.com and check out our Facebook page where you probably see the most up-to-date information about everything happening in the world of Horror Movie Night. Thanks for listening, guys.